Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Oh my God, that's gross. Corey Feldman does not know how to eat a freaking pizza pizza. Completely changed the face of everything. It's very unique. I will give it that. Oh, thanks. I don't want to embarrass myself. Should I embarrass myself? No, that's... Please, no. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I am embarrassed. Hey there, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because of a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps what we don't love about it, and decide whether the movie is worth a revisit. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, tell everybody. (laughs) Spread the word. You did it. You got through it without messing up. All right. The second time. (laughs) (laughs) The power of the edit. Nice. So I guess we're going to talk about ourselves now. Because that's what's next. If you had the notes up, I didn't know if we were still doing that or not, so I didn't. Oh right, right. You know what? We're not going to. You know us by now, right, everyone? Episode ten. If you don't know who we are, perhaps you could go back onto the website, and there is a blog entry that has an introduction for us, and we kind of go through what we talk about in this podcast. What's it about? uh, Basically, what Mike just said, and we actually tell you a little bit about ourselves. So yeah, so go there, but. Again, hi. Hello. Welcome back. So before we, uh, why don't, well, I'm just going to introduce, straight up introduce the movie. Is that what we're going to do here? Is that what we're doing right now? Why are you staring at me like you don't I know was, what the hell's going on? I was thinking about starting the theme song. <laughs> what, we're going to sing? Uh, so I was oh, thinking, okay. Yeah, All right, that's fine. We'll do it. We'll be embarrassing. <laughs> so can you guess what movie we're going to do? I'll let you take it, Mike, and I'll, and I'll chime in. Keep going. That's right. We're doing the 2010 film, The Eighteen. All right. Enjoy that. All right. So before we begin, if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. Go find it. I found it very easily. I can't tell you how, but I found it. You found it. Uh, an extended- I, I, I did. I actually watched the extended version of this movie, which is 17 more minutes. And I had, didn't know it was the extended version of the movie until I started watching it. And I was like, I don't remember this from the movie. Texted Mike and he confirmed that I was watching a different version, but I didn't want to stop. So I kept, I watched it. <laughs> Mike rewatched the original theatrical version. So we're going to have some I don't know I mean I don't even, there wasn't that much difference well, I but again, we'll find out in right. our notes. so if you have not seen this movie go watch it now so you can come back and uh, I guess understand what we're talking about if I you don't care so. then continue to listen and that's our spoiler alert yay alright so real quickly let's just break down the plot uh, of the movie we actually this movie is kind of like half origin half I guess half just regular episode of the A Team. This movie is based on the early '80s uh, TV series uh, produced by or created by Stephen Canal. I actually I am a child, I guess, of the '80s. I was ages five through 
15 in the 80s, so I guess that counts. And I loved the A-Team. I wasn't uh, allowed to watch the A-Team at some point, at some times, uh, by my parents, but I actually liked the A-Team. Didn't really understand most of it, probably, but I just, you know, I liked the fact that stuff was exploding and, you know, people were fighting and they always seemed to walk away from the uh, accident, so that was cool. But <laughs> this movie is kind of, this movie starts off with where we meet Hannibal, Hannibal Smith, played by Liam Neeson, and we meet him in uh, Face, played by Bradley Cooper, are involved in uh, some kind of intel op in Mexico with some general. Uh, he meets, uh, they meet Babe Rockus, who's played by Quentin Rampage Jackson uh, in some form. We meet him where he beats up a bunch of people. Actually, in yours, is, is he beating up people in yours? Yeah, to get his van back. Okay, see, I didn't remember that. So, yeah, okay. So he he, he kicks everyone's butt and he gets the, he gets the iconic A-Team van. And he runs into Hannibal at some point, and they go and save face, and, <laughs> pun not intended. And they come back, and they go to a high, go to a mental hospital, not mental hospital. Is it a mental hospital? A psychi- no, that's psychi- just a psychiatric regular, hospital. Hi, hospital. That's just a regular hospital. Go to a hospital to find Murdoch, who is played by Charlto Copley. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, he and he. So he in the in the if you remember the TV series, Murdoch is somebody who is not. I guess he has some issues, uh, not all there in, in terms of he's a little he's a lot of eccentric. I guess is probably the best term. They they play it like he's crazy half the time, but I would say that he's more eccentric, especially in this one rather than the TV show. It does seem like he's playing it up, but right, we can get to that. So he he they find him because he's the helicopter pilot. They get him, they escape, they get to Mexico. You, you just you know it's a twenty minute intro into the which I enjoyed into the whole movie. Kick to the title credits eight years later. They go eight years later, 80 missions later. They're in Iraq and they go and they go off. And there's Saddam Hussein or somebody who is loyal to Hussein is, is carrying uh, plates that are for the built to make money, mm-hmm. uh, money plates. And they're going to go steal them. So they want to go grab them because they don't want them out into the open because then it'll just be an open season for making money. They have this plan they put together. They, they get the plates and then they're double crossed by. Uh, by one of the guys from what's the name of the Black Forest? Black Forest. Black yep. Forest. Uh, a man named Pike, played by Brian Bloom, who actually co-wrote some of this uh, with Joe Carnahan, who's the director, and uh, Skip Woods, another writer as well. Uh, so, where was I? Oh yeah. So they um, they get double crossed by Pike. He steal he steals back the plates. You you also are introduced with, to a character named Lynch. It's not his real name. It's played by Patrick Wilson, He's a CIA operative who has some. Um, I guess mysterious motive. Yeah, mysterious motives. Well, you don't know. You really don't know what's going on. Well, that's something we'll get into. So then, uh, also, they introduce Jessica Bill's character uh, Sosa, who has a history with Face. They were a couple at one point, and she is actually working for the DOD. So she is actually uh, she has interest in the plates and interest in what's going on. Uh, she's on the opposite side of Lynch, who you don't realize is partnered with Pike, but he is. Basically, they steal the place. The A team is uh, they're put in jail. They are, you know, they their ranks are all pulled. They were basically blamed for everything. Uh, one of the main characters in the movie, uh, General Morrison, who is pretty much is played by Gerald McRaney, but Morrison is Hannibal's mentor a little, or he is his mentor, and he is killed in an explosion when they're double crossed. So they are accused of killing him. They are all sent to different jails. Then it goes six months later from that. Lynch, Lynch approaches Hannibal Smith. Hey, you want to go get these plates? They're out in the open. Here's Pike. Here's this uh, uh, Saudi guy who's who's trying to, I guess, sell the plates. Mm-hmm. 
you want to go break out of this. So then Hannibal breaks out of his prison, goes and breaks everyone else out of their prisons, and you see where they are. And and, and what and six months later they go and they go. They're basically the mission is go get the plates, uh, clear their names, get reinstated, and just get to doing what they love to do. Uh, and and that's I mean without going into detail in terms of like what happens at the end, that's pretty much the plot of the whole movie. If it sounds like I'm all over the place, I will admit that this plot is all over the place. Mm. You know, so that's probably one of the things we'll talk about. But that is the plot of the A Team, as I guess said by me. And then I guess real quickly, I'll just run through some production facts. I kind of went through the cast uh, throughout that whole thing. I don't think I missed anyone. This movie was released on June 10th, 2010. So it's a summer film. It was released, uh, the big movie that it was released against was The Karate Kid, the Jaden Smith movie, the remake, mm-hmm. and uh, Jackie Chan, who played the Pat Morita character. So it got destroyed. I think Karate Kid made like $55 million that opening weekend to uh, the 18th, $25 million. To give you an idea of one of the reasons maybe why it was forgotten is the week after this came out was Toy Story 3, which destroyed everybody, which was like $100 million opening weekend. So it's rated PG-13. I, I, like I said before, I watched the extended cut, which was 133 minutes. Mike watched the theatrical, which was 117 minutes. Uh, the budget was $110 million. Uh, it, it grossed domestic 77 worldwide 177 So while it may look like it made some of its money back, I don't think it made enough of its money back, or it wasn't enough of a hit to, as we'll talk about later, to kind of warrant a sequel. Mm-hmm. Directed by Joe Carnahan, you may remember him from NARC. Smoking. Have you seen Narc? Yes, Narc's okay. very good. Smoking Aces, which I do not like. I do not like Smoking Aces. I've wanted to watch Smoking Aces. Yeah, I, I did. I mean, go ahead, but I don't. I was not a fan. Stretch, which you should watch because that's with Patrick Wilson. That's actually one of our movies that we wrote down that we might want to do. You should watch Stretch. I'll watch it when we do it for the podcast. No, no, no. You watch it. You son of a. Bitch. And he did the and he did the gray, which is good. Gray's a gray's a good movie. Oh, you know what? Gray's okay. You don't like anything. The gray's good. I don't like anything. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, so anyways, like I said, written by Carnahan and Brian Bloom, Skip Woods. I think they have a writing credit in for the, one of the original creators, not Canal, but I can't remember his name. I'm blanking. But uh, he also got a credit, I think just because of the characters. Lupo or something like that. That's my bad. I should know that. Frank Lupo, yep. I looked that up. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the production facts. Uh, that's what I got. Cool. So, I mean, I always usually ask you what you like about it or what you didn't like about it. So, but uh, I don't know. I guess start off with something so we can kind of go from there. All right. In general, the first time I watched this movie, I remember going out and going, that was good. That was okay. Yeah. And I liked it a lot more the second time, I think. This time right now. This time around okay. watching it again. Interesting. Because um, I think, well, A, I think it has to do with the plot being all over the place. Um, watching it again, you don't have to focus as much on the plot. You sure. just have fun with the movie. That's not to say that that forgives the plot being all over the place. It is. It's. 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 It's a. I would admit it's messy. But I mean, this movie was almost ten years ago, which upsets me. Uh, oh, you're old. old. Um, well, you're old. Get, yeah. get used to it. Uh, listen, I. I listen. <laughs> I, I, when were you born? 1987. Okay. I was at the opening. I was at the. Were you? Did you see? Oh, did you see Jurassic Park in the theater? That is my most memorable movie. Theater. Really, you yes. saw that theater? Okay, yes. fine. Then that doesn't make me feel so old. You should feel really old then. I'm trying to think of a movie <laughs> that I saw in the theater. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I remember seeing Back to the Future 2 in the theater, and I remember because at the end of Back to the Future 2, they show the, the, like the five-minute trailer for Back to the Future 3, and I, I saw that at the, the fourplex that's over by here. I saw that in Cinema 1. I remember, when I, I remember, I remember that because I remember watching it, and then I remember the trailer running, and then I was like, oh my, I saw this with my dad. I was like, oh yeah, it's when to it come out. It was like six months later. I'm like, what? And so, you want to feel old. I remember that. I remember Hoosiers. I remember Man Without a Face. I remember Silence of the Lambs in the theater. 
I remember the shadow. God, I'm old. No, I don't feel so bad. Yeah, see? Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. But go ahead. You, you, were, you were saying before I just started interrupting you. Well, I, part of it says, like I said, came out in 2010, so that was kind of... Iron Man had already come out by then, but you didn't get that proliferation of just everything in the summer has to be a superhero movie. This is one of, I think, one of the last, like, I don't know, guys with guns action movies. Kind this of, movie? The, one of the last ones that I can remember being, like, big well, night, well, uh, summer blockbuster version of it. Okay, but you're talking, are you talking about back from t- 2010? Like, to up till from now? 2010 up to now. because oh, I would argue John Wick. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm saying there aren't, a, there aren't a lot. Oh, no, of course not. They're You're few absolutely and far right. between, which no. is what makes me appreciate it. Absolutely, John Wick's amazing. It is. Um, Go watch John Wick. We I can't. can't. I, 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 listen, forgot. we are on the eve, well, as, we, as we record this, we are on basically the eve of Avengers Endgame, and I will tell you right now that I am more excited for John Wick 3 Parab- Parabellum than I am for Endgame. That's right. I said it. I'm 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 there with you. I Although I think wait. I would be more excited for Godzilla than anything, personally. Uh, here's the problem with Godzilla. It's like, it's... I don't know. It's I wish I really wish with uh, we are on a wicked tangent, but I really <laughs> wish that with the Godzilla movies that they didn't do all the monsters at once. I'd I, give me to eight movies. Give me each monster movie. I mean, please, at least maybe two. Do you have to do all of them? Does that? I don't do, need a monster Avengers. I'm okay with just doing them all at once now. <laughs> oh, it'd be awesome if they could get like uh, uh, Nick Fury in these. You're a giant monster. Godzilla, How would you like a giant monster for your. Co- oh, you're from Japan. Uh, Oh, forget it. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're doing the A-team. <laughs> so anyway, I liked that about it. I liked that it was the action movie. So I, it made it maybe more forgivable. It was from a different time. I'm like, all right, I miss these movies. Okay. Um, and everyone just looks like they're having a lot of fun during the movie. Everyone, It's a fun movie. Everyone's kind of having fun. It's jokey. The mm-hmm. jokes, well, Most of the jokes are fun. They land. Everyone's really putting, I think, their best into it. Yeah. So I like it, and the action. I, the action's pretty good until maybe the end. The action set pieces are, are one of the things I highlighted that I enjoyed. Um, like when they first get the plates, that whole thing. That's a good sequence. In, yep. in in Iraq, the escape from the plane, the tank. I love the tank scene. I love. I love my favorite line is is when Sosa when they're like, what are they doing? They're trying to shoot when they're flying. Oh, when she's the tanks disappointed. when the tanks are when the tanks going down and they start firing the tank gun to to kind of guide themselves towards the the lake. And they're like they're trying to shoot down the drones, and she's like, "No, they're flying the tank." Like I just, I, I, that her delivery there is really good. It's funny. Fire! They're trying to shoot down that other fire. drone. No, they're trying to fly that tank. So that's a great scene, and I also, I, and when they get the plates again, when he goes sliding down the, when Baracus is sliding down the side of the uh, the building, the building, yeah. sh- I thought that was, I thought that was done. I liked that action. So Carnahan oh, can do, yeah. Carnahan can do really good action. So, but again, I agree with you about the end. The ending is like, it's like, yeah, okay. Like the whole lead up when he's doing the, at the end of the movie when they're talking about how he's gonna like, you know, move all the tanks, and he's talking about distraction. It's like, okay, like I get, like it must, that must have been awesome to write, and that must have been like awesome to visualize. But like when you're watching it, you're like, this, this makes no sense. No. So yeah, no, it, it was okay. Although I do like in that scene. I really like when B.A. body slams Pike on his head. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Absolutely. But I wanted that. But I wanted them to fight more. Like it was so quick, and you don't really. It's like a terrible view too, because it's like it's from behind. It's down below. Like they didn't have a great angle. Like it wasn't like. But he bounces off that. I thought that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I like that. So, I for me for this movie on the whole, it's not. I don't think it's perfect. Oh, it's no. definitely not perfect, and I would argue that it's not great. 
but I think what I, I think why I enjoy it is because I love the mo- the TV show so much okay. that I love that my love for the '80s show is probably it was it's definitely what brought me to this movie to watch it when it first came out, obviously. But what keeps me engaged in it is because I I've always liked the the A team. I liked the song. We we sung it. You know, I, I, I so it's it was something that it was part of growing up, kind of watching the A team. So I was into the movie, and I thought that for on the whole, all four of the guys did a great job with each characters. You know, like you know, like in I, this like, film, yeah, right. right. I thought there was well Absolutely. cast. I thought it was it was a, it was a good cast decision. Even though when you go through the, like the litany of this movie was in development hell for like ten years, twenty years, I can see that. And the people that they offered this movie to, like Harrison Ford. Uh, Mel Gibson, Bruce Willis. I'm just sitting there going, what? Like, I, I, I could not see them doing any of that. I mean, no. not that I'm saying Liam Neeson was the perfect Hannibal Smith. I'm sure we could come up with somebody else, but I thought Bradley Cooper was a really good face. I thought that was a good casting note. And I think you have to, you have to get somebody for the BA character that's not, that's not bigger than the BA role. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. So I think that works. And Co- Copley's good. So, I mean, really yeah, he, he's, he's, he's probably the best version of the four in terms of who played their character the best in terms of how they were in the show out of all of them. So I think it was because I enjoy the show so much that why I like the movie. But if, if someone's sitting down with me and trying to be like, okay, listen, I'm going to make you not like the movie. I, I'm not going to argue because they're, they're accurate. The plot is completely <laughs> all over the place. It's like, like, and what bothers me, what other what also bothers me is the tagline. So the tagline on the poster was, there is no plan B. It's like, I'm sorry, but if you've watched the A-Team and they say the line like three times in the damn, in the damn movie, the, the tagline, it, he says it all the time was when he goes, I love it when a plan comes together. The tagline should have been, they love it when a plan comes together. I mean, oh, something yep, like that. Yep. There is no plan B. I mean, come on. That, that's done by somebody who has never seen the stupid show or never understood. I mean, come on. No, so there's that, no plan B. It's perfect. That bugs I like me. it. That bugs me. That's the tagline to the goddamn movie. What if he gave the guy, the advertising guy, like four tags and one of them was, I love it. They love it when a plan comes together. And it was just quotes from the show. And he goes, no. No, 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 no. There is no plan B. Yeah, God, that's it's just it's 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 a big whiff. It's a big miss. One of the other things I enjoyed is the. I'm sorry, but like I I know they won't get rid of it, but that 20th Century Fox logo when it starts. That was my main thing. Yeah. That's the best opening. Uh, I mean, that's I'm not saying anything nobody already no, doesn't know already. And I get it. Everyone is like, yeah. Um, and Amber, I mean, when they lost that ahead of Star ahead of Star Wars when the, when Disney took them over, that, that sucked. That that you know that day you didn't have that. I mean, will it come back? I don't know. Maybe. Actually, I wonder if it's on this one. I I hope they put on episode nine when it starts. That'd I, be awesome. I don't know. It's technically not a Fox. Just do it for for, <laughs> for the sake of yeah. the film. I guess. Okay. So it also made me sad that it said. You know, the, the lights came up and it said, I don't know if yours did, the 75 yes. years. And I was like, 75 years and you sold yourself to a mouse. Because right. he didn't want he didn't want his kids to have it. Nah. I know. That's, and they're, gonna, and they're, about, they're about ready to buy some, some game company for $13 billion, I just read. Disney. Really? Yeah. Ugh. They're going to own everything. They're going to own this. I'm I mean, okay they can. That. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do Disney films, which is probably ninety five percent of the market, right? So yeah, so we're good. All right. So yeah, so I uh, and I actually I I brought up the fact that we talked about I, that the opening was twenty minutes long. I actually liked that. I, I, the Alpha Mike Foxtrot stuff, which honestly, I, I did not get the first time. I don't know why I didn't get it. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. 
you know, because obviously when they say Alpha Mike's Fox, Foxtrot, they're saying he says it, adios, motherfucker. Yeah. So I, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't get that in the first take, which is shame on me. Alpha But um, I actually, and I really dug when they introduced Hannibal and they have the the, the theme song in the background, like oh, yeah, it was like really like quiet. And I was like, yeah, all right, let's go. Like I, I loved all that. That was great. And again, that's probably because I love the show. So yeah. Him coming out of the shadows is a little, a little much for me. Oh, well, I mean, it's, but, I don't know. I get it. What, it's, what do you want? Do you want to watch him fighting the it's, dogs? It's your trailer shot. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I do like the, uh, the general. Did you notice where you saw the general from? Because he looked really familiar. The General McGraney? Uh, the general the actor? film was uh, Yul Vasquez. General Javier uh, uh, Tuco. Okay, you're, I'm sorry. You're talking about the, the guy that the film, kidnapped yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, okay. In Mexico. Yep. Yeah. So Yul Vasquez, it was in Russian Doll. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm watching Good him. show. Where the hell did good I show. see this guy from? Yep, like, really good show. Yeah. I, I turned you on to that. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, uh, now I'm watching Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I mean, you might want to take a look. Okay. Listen, I, it's got a very Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe to it, which, you know, you say, I don't know. You might. I do like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it, it, it's, it's starting to get that way. I started to feel that. So I was like, okay, I'm into this. Although, you know, like, again, it's like with, when you watch Buffy, like, they're all teenagers, but they have such, they do so much stuff. Like, I just watched an episode where, like, like, uh, like these people are 16 years old, and they're like, we're going to set up, we'll, let's set up a tent. We're going to get organized. No, do you know any 16-year-old that's organized? Into, like, the stuff that they do is just kind of like, uh, okay, I get it. It's TV show. We're going to, you know, it's TV show children, but all right. I was pouring a whole box of cereal in a bowl with a giant gallon of milk <laughs> and watching Comedy Central. Exactly. So, you know, I know we're talking about the A-team here, but you know, I might want to check that out. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Okay. <laughs> all right, so... Why should Netflix pay you to say that? Oh, I mean, listen, if you don't want us to be bought by Disney Netflix, that's fine. We will go with you as well. Because <laughs> clearly it's shaping up to be Netflix versus Disney. So, uh, among other things. So, I know I've been talking about everything I love about it. So, let me, let me, I guess, let's get into some of the stuff that I didn't like. Ooh. I know. Hating on the 18. No, I'm not hating on the 18. <laughs> but one of the things that you talked about was how everyone was having fun. Okay. Everyone's having a good time, jokes. And, like, one of my things was, like, everyone is a wise ass. Like, everyone. And Hannibal, Face, Sosa, Lynch, Pike, Morrison, they all have, like, these one-liners. They're all wise asses, and that's great. I go, but, like, when you're writing a script or when you're creating characters, you, you, you can't have characters that all have the same voices because then it just becomes repetitive. It just becomes, like, they're they're not... There's, they're all one note, and they're all the same, and they're all doing the same stuff. Nobody has any kind of feeling or emotion, so that when you have the scene where Face and Sosa are in the photo booth, and, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to feel for Face, like all of a sudden he talks about how he's, he, she hurt him. Now, I don't know. I think, I think in mine there was more. I think it was really – I remember it being quick – in the theatrical version, but in the extended cut, I thought there was more. There's more stuff there between them. There's more. I think you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't exactly like super short. They have a lot more stuff. They have a they, so. I'll get to what's different. I think, but anyways. So everyone, when everyone is the same, it just I think it lessens the jokes. I mean, like I know everyone wants to have a good joke and it wants to you know 
say the funny stuff, but some some people can't do the same. They they just can't do it. Right. So I I thought that that at times it was tough, and I know talking about the differences between the extended and the theatrical. In the extended, there's more stuff with Soso, Jessica Biel's character, where she comments more. She makes more like. So there's a scene when the two guys that she's with at all times are supposed to be watching the A team. They're making their plans to go get the plates. Okay. Okay. So is that. It, That's okay. not. Okay. okay. So in the theatrical, they, these guys are together, and then they cut outside to the, the two guys that are always with her. And they're watching. They're watching this tent, and you see people. And then she comes up to them, and she's like, "Have you? What have they been doing? Nothing. They just they're talking. They have this conversation about what they're eating. Oh, they're in there. Just they've been in there for three hours. She's like, they've been in there for three hours, and you haven't done anything. So then they go in there, and it's like these four other dudes that are like, "Oh, we got paid fifty bucks to just stay in here. Like that was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, duh. She says like something like that. So like it was just kind of like, eh. like I can see why they cut it. Yeah. But it was so it was and and it was just like she has a couple of those moments and she's like that's not Sosa Sosa I don't think Sosa would be she she doesn't come off her character as a wise ass doesn't really work as well as maybe like Face being a wise ass or even you, you well, absolutely I mean? she's yeah. she's definitely a by the books kind of right person right so yeah. so one of my things was that I just I would have appreciated a little bit more of 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 a spacing between how the characters are portrayed in terms of just not always everyone cracking jokes. I get it with the four guys because they're all like pals and stuff like that. And I mean, and, and not that nothing was funny. It was funny. I was laughing. Yeah. But I thought that maybe it could have been a little bit, I don't know, there could have been differentiation between the actors. Or the, excuse me, the characters, not just the actors. All right. So that was one thing. Did you not like anything? Uh, Did you I, love it, the whole thing? No, I don't love it. Okay. It definitely has its issues. Um, I like that they're all jokey and wise asses because it, it doesn't place it in the real world. I enjoy that. I just think it was too much at times. Maybe sure. Um, I, I mean, the plot's just all over the place. It's really my main concern and my main issue with the film is the plot and the the third act. The like you said, it's just ridiculous. Um, the whole setup, the, the sleight of hand thing, the setup with the cranes. Um. And then at the end when Pike blows a hole in the tanker and it goes down and all the different shipping containers fall all over the place, none of those are moving that one container. Like the <laughs> container that Hannibal is in is yeah. fine and untouched. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot. I mean, I know we're supposed to, it's a lot of disbelief in the whole film. I mean, they fly a tank down into the water. But <laughs> Which is awesome. I just, it, it, that became a little too ridiculous for me. Like the, the fact that they remained safe that whole time. Yep. So really, my again with me, it's always third act issues. I think. Oh well, I think that's something we talked about. No, a lot of movies. Did we talk act. about that when we did the Star Chamber? We did. Okay. And there were at least a one or two other times. Right. Well. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a big issue everywhere. It's always a third act. Uh, always yeah. third act issues. Which is I'm I'm surprised. And you know what? I would say it's not. I would say it's not third act endings. It's beginning of the third act. So. Because everyone, you can always come up with a great beginning, and everyone can come up with a great way to end something. But getting to that, I've always thought was the toughest thing to do, at least writing-wise. And I've I've always had second act issues in terms of where I kind of meander, and, and like I don't like writing long scripts. So I when I get to like when I get to page like sixty. I start getting antsy because I'm like I want to end this like I because you know because <laughs> my thing is like I don't in my scripts. At least the the newer ones, 
I don't like or in my any not just scripts but any story I write. I don't like having wasted lines or dialogue or scenes. I want everything to be in it, towards the story. Okay. I want everything, even even a drama. I, I even I, I when I adapted when I wrote the adaptation for Doll's House, uh, which is called Doll. I wanted to make sure that it, it, it was a straight drama, but I wanted to make sure that every scene was specific to what was happening or what was what we were leading up to. So I've always had act two issues, um, but but it always seems that when we watch some and, then, and when we watch something, it's like it, it, like the beginning of act three issues. Like it's just kind of like the setup or getting to the end. Well, I think that that speaks to. I mean, it seems to happen a lot in this Forgotten Cinema podcast. Do you think maybe that's why, a reason some of these films are forgotten? Or maybe uh, they weren't as well-reviewed as, you know, we, we remember liking them, but mm-hmm. maybe it's this third it's this third act issue. Well, th- this this movie's interesting because it's, when we talk about Forgotten Cinema, this movie's interesting because it's not, I understand that, I can understand why this was forgotten because people just didn't like it, or they didn't, like what we talked about, third act issues, right. or just kind of, uh, just the, the, the writing and stuff like that. So, uh, I can actually, I can understand and not sympathize, but agree that there's a reason why I was forgotten. I think why me and you both like it or why I like it is, like I said, I have a connection to the show. Right. Um, and the action is good. Like, I don't know if I've said this on our podcast. I probably have. Uh, the Even the best movie has problems. The best movie will have a scene or two or a line or... A moment where I don't like right. every every I can give you any movie you give me any movie I can tell you what I didn't like. I tell you the line from Captain Marvel that you hated. But they, well, they didn't put it in the trailer. Or they didn't put it in the movie, which is great because I couldn't because <laughs> in the trailer I hated that. I hated it. Um, and the line we're talking about is when she uh, says like I'm not gonna fight you or I'm gonna uh, end it. And it was almost like Valley Girl style. It felt that way. And I'm glad they took, got rid of it because maybe they were like, yeah, that's not the tone we want. And that's fine. Yeah. And great. Good for them. Because the trailers don't count. If it's in the trailer and it's not in the movie, I don't hold that against the movie because that's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I really wish we saw the uh, wait, Twister trailer. What is the, the they have the, the tire or the, in the trailer for Twister, there's a famous like either the tire that they have the cow. Or the house. There's a moment in the Twister where, in the trailer, there's this huge tire that bounces, but it's not in the movie. And it was like it was the most iconic part of the trailer, and it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> I think it was a tire. I gotta look back. But yeah, so I won't hold anything that's in the trailer against the movie itself. So yes, so the best movie will have an issue, and the worst movie will have moments in it that are fantastic. And you can tell me that this movie's flawed, and that's great. But I can give you a handful of moments in this movie that are are good, that yeah. are quality. So I, I, you know, works both ways. So yeah. So any any movie any movie you pick I, that I love, I can tell you what's wrong with it, or I can tell you what I didn't like. But that that that's what I said. Okay. So <laughs> uh, the other one of the other things I didn't like, I don't know. Like, go ahead. You. I mean, I was talking for like five minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I mean, I there's a lot I like about the movie other than the plot. Well, give me something. So oh, yeah. I think they try to add too many stories into this film. And one of those is the B.A. Baracus subplot. So I guess that, that, that the B.A. plot doesn't make much sense to me. It seems kind of shoehorned. It seems like a plot they should have added to a, the sequel, like an A-team. Are you talking about his, when he gets his car, gets the truck? I'm talking about the his van. I'm truck. not killing anybody anymore. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I think that's just kind of like a, uh, like a refusal to, like the writer's journey, like a refusal... Uh, for to, for the mission, kind of the refusal. That's the word I can't think of the word. I'm blanking, but it's just basically like you know, like that's 
he needs to do. He's the hero, and he's refusing to. I, you the know. reluctant hero. Yeah, I think that, or just it's to just, give him something. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, if they wanted to do that, what they should have done is expanded upon. Kind of, there are moments in the film where Face kind of starts to not trust Hannibal. I think just just really slight moments like, would you ever do that to us, sir? But, oh, yeah, you didn't right. See that coming when the general they find out the general betrayed them. Right at the end um, when you find out Morrison's alive. And, and I remember, I, and I, I'm uh, clearly now that I've rewatched, I'm misremembering or not remembering. That's not a word. I know everything <laughs> is, uh, is um, I thought I remembered that actually becoming an issue, which is why Face comes up with the plan at the end because. Hannibal and him kind of go at odds, and I have to put that. I guess I thought that wrong, but that adds a little bit more drama to the plot. And I guess if you wanted a more reluctant journey, maybe they don't want to follow Hannibal's order because they got them strip of rank. But BA's, I'm not going to fight anymore because I found, um, I found the words of of, of Gandhi and stuff. Yeah, he took a vow. While I was in prison, just kind of seems tacked on. Yeah, he took a vow of nonviolence. Yeah, it just doesn't service the story in a way that it, it doesn't mesh with it doesn't flow with the story it's not story driven right. well you don't have anything in the beginning where Bia has an issue with what they're doing like you in terms of like the eight years 80 missions later you never right. there's no inkling of that just as just as when they set up the whole thing where like he's yelling at him he's yelling at face even up until when they go to Morrison about how you don't think you don't think you don't think about you don't you don't understand the plan you don't want you don't ever think ahead like all that stuff and it's like and then they get blown up and face and and then Hannibal's like I don't I don't know what to do. And Face is like, I think I got an idea. It's like, okay, but okay, fine. You're gonna you're gonna do a plan, but you never address the whole thing that the for the last hour of the movie where Hannibal has been yelling at him about how he doesn't think ahead. Like all the like they never really not that he oh yeah he thought ahead right but they never talk about it. So yeah, it, there's some inconsistency there. They should have followed one of the two plots either Face and Hannibal losing his faith in Hannibal or that face has to become a leader in his own way which they do kind of follow but loosely but they then you'd, you'd, you'd have to kill Hannibal or you'd have to you'd have to injure him where he couldn't do anything Very, yeah, yeah absolutely and you're not going to do that so yeah not for the first 18 movie no well then yeah so they, they, I guess I, I read that um, they're not going to they, they were relying on DVD sales gotcha how like that was going to do and whether they were going to go do a second movie and they just they couldn't they just it didn't do well enough. So they all shot it down. Like Carnahan said, like it didn't make enough money. It ain't happening. Cooper said that. And they all said they wanted, they had interest. Of course they say they have interest. It's another paycheck. Right. Like, oh, I have interest. Of course you do. But I do know that they, I saw that cause I wrote it down. They actually have, they did two comic books as kind of like a marketing thing for this movie. So they did comic book 18 war stories, which was a prequel to the movie. So there are four different sets where it talks about, it's a story about each character Okay. And then they did one after called uh, A Team Shotgun Wedding, where they're on a cruise ship and like they have to protect this general's daughter, and they all take like jobs on the cruise ship to protect her. Like you know, Face is like the wedding planner, and he like but he has a history <laughs> with the bride. Like he's been with her, of course. Uh, Hannibal's the priest, like stuff like that. So they did, and that those were written by Carnahan and a couple other guys. So he was part of that. So oh, that's cool. so they did have stuff like that. I actually was trying to see if uh, you can buy Shotgun Wedding. I didn't, couldn't find War Stories, but you definitely could buy Shotgun wedding somewhere so yeah so there was I guess an idea of where they could go from there and it's set up where you I mean I would have watched the second one I would have watched the third one absolutely but you know if it doesn't make a massive amount of money these days it's not gonna it's not worth it and plus it's 110 million dollars nothing to sneeze at you know they get a scale I mean 
they didn't need as big of an ending as they ended up having. I mean, that shipping container scene probably cost a lot of the budget. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You could have simplified it, done another thing like the the job in Iraq. It had been a while since we've seen another, like, medium-sized action yeah. scene. That they could have settled for a medium-sized action scene. for The problem is you can't go back. You'd have to go bigger. You, you couldn't they go. They went too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, so... No, but one of the other things I didn't, I didn't like, even though I talked about it, I love the 20-minute opening. It's great. Then they get arrested, and they have, like, another opening where, like, because they go, like, they, they have the, like, hey, we're the A-team, eight years later. And then they do their job. They get arrested six months later. And then, like, you have another kind of pseudo-opening where he's busting everyone out of prison. And it's just like, eh, we, we did this already. It's like, I'm, like, we're introducing him again. You know, I just know these guys. Now I have to see them again. You know, so that was a little... A little too much. A little, little. Uh, that that's. I felt like I was still watching like the opening, the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, you never got into like the basic. I mean, the basic plot of the story is when they go get the plates back again. Like so, they have like you know what I mean. Like they have that opening where they all meet right. in Mexico. Yes. Okay. Then when they go get the shipping and they go get the plates, like that's kind of like. That's kind of like an act one situation there. Yeah. You know when they get double crossed. So you and then you go back like I get to another act one situation where like let's get all let's get the team back together you know like it's we just you were just together granted it's been six months later but you were just together fifteen minutes ago yeah for us it's like no time right like so like when he goes gets the when he goes to get the group back together the band back together as I said before you know that's like the second film when he's breaking that should be a second film opening when he's breaking everyone out. Like you went, you went the first one where they go off and you never see from again. The second film, he's breaking them out from from different prisons. Like that's that type of opening. Yeah. So it was kind of like, like a mismatch of stuff that 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 kind of like threw me a little bit. Well, if it was in development hell for so long, maybe these were pieces of other scripts that kind of came together. That's that's probably accurate. Yep, I can see that. Yep, absolutely. So now, when they reveal that Morrison is the bad guy, or which he's not really. He's like he gets so. I, so when they're in the um, wherever they're that barn, yeah. Because I don't know. Again, this is about the extended version versus theatrical. Okay. Does Face pull a gun in the theatrical version on him and says like, "Let me just off him right now"? Does he do that? No. Okay. So how? So it it just goes from he does the reveal. He does the reveal. You cut time. He talks to Pike about you know I want to. He gets on the Pike, phone. He talk, cuts on the phone with Lynch. And talks about how I want full immunity. I want joint chiefs of staff. He wants everything um, to write. Yeah. Every, I want it all on the book that we're pardoned. Um, and then he was like, "Oh, it just maybe takes me five minutes." And then it cuts to Liam Neeson, gun against Morrison's head, okay. getting the confession out of him. Okay, like the self righteous confession. Right. Hey, everyone's doing it. Like okay, the all of a sudden outside the bar. So, so in the extended cut. When he reveals him, there's like a, like a good five minutes where like you see they have like a betrayal thing between like Murdoch is like, how could you do that to us? He's like, he's like getting super emotional. Like, how could you do this with your team? And then like all of a sudden, like face goes from like one to ten in anger. Cox the gun. He's like, let me just jump and it right here and right here. Like pulls a gun on him. Like he's like, they have to get him out of there. And he's like, he's all ticked off. And like, I was like, I do not remember this part. Like, so, so the betrayal stuff, it was interesting. It was like the stuff with, Murdoch was I liked because it was just like you know like wow that's pretty that's pretty you know like how could you do that yeah but then the face stuff was like whoa where is this coming from <laughs> like because he was just joking it was like out of nowhere I never thought you'd betray your oldest living friend I just hit first Hannibal I'm a fighting man you're a liar 
I'm a traitor. Then don't draw this out. Kill me. That's a fantastic idea. Whoa, whoa. Boss, let me do this. Faith, I ain't killing nobody. You're not, Bosco. I am. So that was, so I was like, I can see why he cut that. Like, all the cuts they made mm-hmm. made sense. So I, uh, but seeing them all together, I, I, I liked seeing them together, but the cuts made sense. I think the cuts made the movie faster. The theatrical version just, it always felt like, you know, balls flows, to the wall. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So, which is probably why we both liked it when we first watched it. Yeah, the two hour movie that feels like a 90 minute movie, which is, is nice. Yeah, yeah, this is, this was 215, 213, felt like 213. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, the fact that it flows so fast. When I started, I'm like, two hours? I don't remember it being two hours. Yeah. Like, I didn't remember that. And then when I watched it, I never, I still never looked at, like, my phone once to see what time it was. I'm just I'm just watching it. Yeah, it's good. And Brian Bloom's good as Pike. Pike's, he's... I really like the scene where he's in the car about to get assassinated. Yeah, really, don't let, me, don't let this guy kill me. Really? Yeah. Can I have one last request. <laughs> hey, what are you doing in the car? What are you doing? Are we going to do this in the car? He's doing this? He's going to do it. Way to go. That's brilliant right there. What is he doing? Jesus. How's it going, Kyle? You alright? I'm good. Brother, you are far from good. What are you doing? That's not it's silence. It's a suppressor counterclockwise. You're holding a gun like that? You've held a gun like that before and you're still here? That's amazing. Hey, final request. Don't let this guy shoot me, please. Yeah. Gunner phone, gunner phone. Choose oh, one. when the guy, yeah, he's on the phone, yeah. Did you like Wilson as Lynch? Did you I him? did. I really like Wilson as Lynch. Um I, I I really like Patrick Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson's a g- really good actor, absolutely. And, you know, one of my notes is that you know he's I like his stark snarkiness and stuff like that, and I, I just wrote down that I don't know why he's not more of a main character. He's always like the bit player in in films. That's in not, most films, that's not, not all, true. He's Conjuring. Conjuring. He did Watchmen. Um, Watchmen. Now, Watchmen's not his fault because Watchmen didn't like. I'm sure that when he did Watchmen, the idea was to do more than one movie, and they never did. I think he did more than one Watchmen. I, mean, Watchmen I don't know. Uh, don't you think that that movie, if that movie was a huge, because it wasn't a huge success. It made money, but it wasn't like what they thought. I, I don't know. That he would have went on from that. You see, you should see Stretch then, because Stretch, he's good. He's, Is he the main in yes. Stretch? You right. need, yeah, you see, I, yeah. You, yeah, you should see Stretch. I really like Patrick Wilson. I, he's not usually the main in stuff. I mean, True. But he's always really good in whatever he plays. I think he does a lot of stage as well. I can see that. Which we've had that discussion where, I don't know if on here, but... Uh, between you and me, where I, I just always feel that strong actors come from the stage, I just like that as if that's their base, just because that teaches you character, that teaches you, you you have to focus on being who you are on stage. That's I think the audience is watching you, they're not right. watching cuts and special effects, and right. You don't you don't get can't save you right. You don't get how oh, can I do that again? You don't get that, and I think your stronger actors come from the stage, and and even like. Again, we're tangent, tangenting here. It's not a word, but it, like Jake Gyllenhaal, when he was in, I remember when he was in Moonlight Mile, and he, you know, Dustin Hoffman's in that, and Dustin Hoffman gave him, told him like, you go to the stage, go, go do as much stage as you can. And I remember he he went and did that, and then after Prince of Persia, I think he kind of dropped off a little, mm-hmm. but he was doing stage work. Yeah, and now he's come back, and he, the roles he's picking are not. He's not in, obviously. I know he's in the new. Spider-Man? He is in news, yeah. Right. But, like, the movies he was in beforehand, he's really, really good in. And he's right, like, yeah. you can tell that, not that he's gotten so much better, but, like, he has gained, you know, I think he's tapped into what, you know, brought him to 
becoming a, an actor. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So no. And I. So I think that you I, you should never knock hitting the stage any actor because. I think it just makes you better. And I think Wilson is from that. So that's yeah. the long, my roundabout way to say, yes, I agree. He's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> so you did like Wilson when you brought him no, up. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I, I think my, my only problem is that, again, everyone's wise ass. That's my thing. And, See, event, and that's the thing I really like about how, this but, movie. But that doesn't, like, I, I mean, maybe because I watched, maybe because I, maybe watching the extended version did that. Just because I saw a little extra and it Maybe, was just a little yeah, too Sosa much. Yeah, and isn't a isn't a wise ass in the regular cut. She's not. She's a kind of she's she's a she's a pain in the ass. So she's, when you watch yeah. it with like where if they add that stuff in for her, then yeah, that does yeah, it take didn't because there were, yeah, there was a couple moments where I'm just like, ugh, no. She's like the only regular person in the whole group, and that's the way it's cut. Right. Um, that probably makes it a little better. Right. Right. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you. Yeah. In the theatrical version, was he cooking steaks with antifreeze? Okay, well, that, that was okay, that was in the original right, movie good, too. Yeah. You. Okay, thank God. I was like, I don't remember this. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, everybody's on to you now, Murdoch. You can't do that anymore. Can't make. Can't make. It's only it's only a little paralysis. Only a little paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So I mean, I guess I mean I, I would assume we're at the point. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk. So the cameos. Okay. They're in the they're in the post credit scene. For the theatrical cut, so the Dirk Benedict cameo, he played Face in the show, mm-hmm. and the Dwight Schultz cameo, he played Murdoch. Yep. Okay, so they're in the they're in the cutscenes at the end of the movie, but in the extended cut, they're in the movie. Oh, really? Yes. So, like, did you see them? I didn't. Okay, so when Face goes into the tanning booth and he, you know he's doing the the Hollywood thing and he's like he gets Hannibal takes him out yeah he walks past he has like he has this lotion he's like hey uh, what do I do with this and Dirk Benedict comes out of the tanning booth he's like oh man always keep always take care of the face he says some line like that whatever <laughs> it's like oh hey Dirk Benedict and then I find out later that he hated the movie he hated the like nobody liked the movie none of none of the uh, none of the uh, uh, Schultz Schultz kind of was okay with it but he was like it was kind of like a it was kind of like uh, it was okay, but you know they really didn't understand the character. It was like one of those things. It was one of the characters. Dirk Benedict didn't like the movie, and Mr. T wouldn't watch it because I don't know. He just didn't watch it. Like they actually, I could have played T. Fool. They, they actually <laughs> asked him about being in the movie, and he was like, "B.A. Baracus was he was so into B.A. Baracus that he couldn't play anything but B.A. Baracus. So he couldn't come back just to do something else. It's like really." So like it, shut up. <laughs> you know I get it. I mean, I, I, you're, that's like Adam West in 1989 Batman, refu- like wanting to be Batman in Batman 1989. Yeah, I mean I get it. These roles made you, and these roles are iconic. But at some point you have to put. E- I mean I guess that's ego. You got to push ego aside and just kind of like. I mean just don't do the movie then. Don't do the cameo. Like he regretted Benedict regretted doing the cameo. And because it just didn't make any sense. Well, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to have. What, did you want a big role? <laughs> I wanted to play Face's dad. Yeah. So the so he's that's his cameo, and then Schultz's cameo is they actually are giving uh, Murdoch electric shock in before the scene. Like so, when Sosa comes in to see him at the hospital in Germany, mm-hmm. and he's pretending he's drooling and he's he's out of it. Yeah. There's a scene where he's like in he's talking like like as he's like 
it's almost like he's saying he's talking to this girl and this woman excuse me and she's like and he's talking about you know like opening up your love and your heart and blah, blah, blah. she's like okay and then she puts the rubber thing in his mouth and they start shocking him but like so and Schultz is playing the doctor and he's like okay so, and the other doctor's like yeah and no matter what we give him it doesn't matter like so they show him he's getting he's like woohoo it's fine it tickles he's like well, what about turning it up he's like yeah go ahead turn it up and it's like nothing he's like it doesn't affect him like he's getting electroshock treatment it does no effect on him so that's actually before when you see him uh, before they do the movie thing, so I don't know that's a little bit of a little bit of a extended version. Sorry, I should have watched your theatrical cut. You son of a <laughs> so I mean, I guess we're at the time where I mean, I mean, I I'm pretty much I know your answer, but you know, do you think this is worth a revisit for people out there that maybe have seen it but forgot it, or maybe didn't see it, didn't want to see it? Um, he's 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 thinking, ladies and gentlemen. Someone comes up to you and says, like, uh, that movie's a piece of crap. I would say watch it again. I mean, I remember just thinking, that was okay. But uh, watching it again, you kind of, like like you always say, you don't want to say put the, put your, take, take your Turn your brain off. off. Yeah, your I brain hate off. that. But it, you, you understand the world a little bit more. You understand it's not trying to take place in, you know, the real world. Like, Lethal Weapon films take place more or less in the real world, even though they're, they're wisecracky and jokey. This is kind of yeah. They're flying a tank down into the water. Lethal weapon takes place in the real world. Well, more more so than like this. They're not flying tanks down. They're not. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I in the real world, they're I, a die hard. Okay. Kind of, die hard one through three kind of way. What's wrong with die hard uh, four? Die hard live let it live or what is it? Live free or die hard? I hate the. No, none of the other die hards exist. No, listen. Die hard ends at three. Die hard the uh, the fifth die hard makes die hard four look okay. It, I agree. It's the fifth I heard, Russia. Yeah, the, yeah. Di, is that die hard? What is it? Die hard. Die hard. I don't know. Die hardest. My God, how can we not know that die hard movie? Die hard. Because f- die hard ends with die hard with a vengeance. The <laughs> this, third die hard uh, movie. I, I I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. It is a little. I think. I would tell people a good day to die hard. So <laughs> I would tell people that. Uh, that if you remember the TV show, you should watch the movie because I think the movie is good enough for people that love the show. Sure. I mean, I think if you like the show, you're going to like the movie. It's that insane sometimes in terms of the action and just the sheer, I don't know, balls to the wall type of stuff that's going on. I know I used that phrase before. Uh, But if you're looking for like... Uh, if you're looking for like a James Bond action movie, no, I don't think they'll like it. So, I mean, I, I would say yes. I would say definitely watch it because it's it's a fun watch. It's a fun Saturday night watch. Yeah, you're looking for a fun movie. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but like, uh, I can definitely like I can definitely you know, off the top of my head, I probably can know like three or four people that wouldn't like it, just wouldn't be interested. And and I can understand that. I mean, this is not something that this is not a movie that if we were in the office. Um, and we were talking movies that I'm going to be like, you should watch this movie. Like I'm telling you to watch Stretch. This is not that type of movie. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that to to people. I would agree with that. There, there's some people. You know. I mean, it's it's jokey. The action's a little ridiculous, but fun. Yeah. So, yeah. But here's my question to you now. Ooh. I never get questions. This is. This was the first movie you mentioned. It for was our Forgotten Cinema. It was. Yeah. Now. Why is that? 
I remember liking it. I remember liking it a lot, and I remember nobody ta- nobody talking about it. I remember, I remember going coming out of it, and I was like, yeah, that's, I that was great. The A team. Was, I remember like, I, yeah, he was Hannibal. He was face. I thought it was perfect casting. I think that was when Cooper was like first, not first big, but like he was he was in the middle of it. He was he's a big star now. He was he was you know he was a big star then. So I think that's why. I, I yeah, I remember liking it a lot. And I remember nobody talking about it. And I think that's what, when we were talking about Forgotten Cinema, that's what we were talking about. We actually were talking about the A-Team, right? Like, we were actually discussing the A-Team. It came up, yeah, movies nobody talks about, yeah. Right, so I think part this movie was one of the movies that we were like, we should do a podcast about that, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, I... I I really I liked it. I, I like the action. I love the tank scene. That's what I the, the, the whole. I already talked about how when she does that line, they're flying the tank. Like I like. I, I thought that was great. Are we still on the plane? No, we're not on the plane anymore. Yeah, they cut. That was. Uh, yeah, I remember that being uh, like smoother. Like they actually got to the tank. I didn't remember they just like stopped. The plane blew up and they were in the tank. Yeah. Yeah, it was really awkward, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, yeah. So now, yeah, to answer your question, because I really liked it and I, nobody talked about it. And then, and then I realized. Then we started doing our list of movies, and it was like, yeah, nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about nobody talks about frailty anymore. Like that, that kind of stuff. It's a really good movie. We'll get there. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, no, that's why. That's why. To answer your question, well, I forgot it, but that's why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> why it was the top of the list? Yeah. Well, now it's gone. Now it's no more. We've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So now is the time. We plug. All right. Go ahead. Nah, I should go first. No, I always say I should go first. You go first. Okay. Because you, have, I know you have a lot more than me. You got two books. I got two podcasts. You have, yeah, it's true. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Well, this is my plug time. I got two podcasts out now other than this one. I've got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games. Join me and my brother Alex while we talk about all things video game related and I've also got Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews, where we crack open a different craft beer every week, and we give it a uh, review. We talk about what we think about it, what it tastes like, give you a little bit of history on the beer and the brewery. And then while we're drinking it, we uh, give the latest pop culture news and reviews, what's on TV, what's out in cinemas, and we talk about that. So that's Two Player Bros., and cracking one open with Mike and Elise. That's available wherever podcasts can be found. Please like, subscribe, and uh, listen. Well, our podcast, not theirs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to ours. Um, so, I this is Mike Field. Uh, <laughs> so I have two books out: Adam Parker and the Radioactive Scout, which I wrote about ooh, six years ago, and then Adam Parker and the High School Bully, which just came out, which is a follow up. Uh, those are available on Amazon.com uh, through ebook or paperback. Uh, I also, because uh, I know that I've talked a bunch of times in this podcast and other podcasts about like you know all the stuff I write and stuff I shoot and all that stuff. So if you're interested in that, I have my personal website, which is MichaelDField.com. Again, that's MichaelDField.com, and you can see uh, so I've got some links to videos up there. I have some excerpts from some scripts that I've written, and I have a blog, personal blog up there, which is pretty much just me talking about writing or I don't know generic stuff movies i don't really go into movie reviews too much because uh i don't know i just feel weird reviewing movies talking about them is fantastic i don't mind talking about them i can talk about them all day but uh dropping a review down just doesn't feel right to me so yeah anyways that that's that's my thing that's my plug all right and uh if you liked this podcast oh yes excuse me go ahead please uh 
Please like us wherever you're listening to us. Please subscribe. Please review. Definitely. Um, we'll take any review, positive or negative. Hopefully it's positive. Um, also visit us on our on our website. Visit us on our website, ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. And, you know, drop us an email, mention us in the, drop us a line in the comments or any of our social medias, and let us know, you know, what movie you think we should do. We do have a contact form on the website, which you can offer up suggestions, and we will take them. Yeah, absolutely. Might take us a little while to get to them, but we will take everything into consideration. Absolutely. And join us next week where we talk about the Disney animated feature, Meet the Robinsons. So, uh, once again, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Oh shoot! I screwed it up. We gotta do it again. I'm so worried that I'm gonna go into the Quantum Leap song. No, no.